I'm so glad that you are joining us today for the second part of our series on joy, finding joy in lockdown. I know lockdown and, and all the restrictions that's coming after this can be tough on us and it can sometimes make us feel unhappy, it can make us feel sad, but I believe that there is a source of joy greater and deeper than our external circumstances. So thank you for tuning in today. Everyone, our whole Prodea family, everyone watching on Seals Course, um, everyone is tuning in for the first time. I'm so glad you're joining us for this. If you missed last week, the first topic, I want to encourage you to go to our website and go and watch it again. But I want to quickly show you a definition that we spoke about last week that so many people mentioned that I decided, let's talk about this again. Joy is not the same as happiness. Yes, I know it's like synonyms, the words can mean the same thing but we're talking about two distinct concepts where one happiness is something that is a cause and effect something working into our life from the outside i buy something i like i feel happy it gets taken away i feel sad i'm in lockdown so i'm unhappy um, i'm free to walk the beach so i am happy again so it's this cause and effect thing it is it is something, happiness, that we have to feed constantly and it is a result of our external circumstances. Where joy is something deeper, it's something that comes from internally, it's stable, it's permanent. And that is what we're talking about. How can we move from happiness that needs to be fed constantly to a place where we can find joy despite difficult circumstances, despite our lockdown. Last week we said faith is the number one step. We can find joy in our faith. But today we're going to talk about the second one, finding joy in others, finding joy in our relationships in other people. And if you're today um, with us, I want to encourage you. If you're a Christian, this will help you to grow in all your relationships. If you're not a Christian, stick with us. I said this last week as well. I think if you stick with us through this series, you might just find something you felt was missing in your life. Not just happiness, but something deeper, joy that's missing. And I believe the joy that God gives us and brings us a deeper sense of joy, not only through our faith, but also through other people. When relationships are healthy, they are a source of encouragement, they are a source of joy, they are a source of strength. There is a strong woman behind every successful man. Have you ever heard that saying? I know from my own experience, everything I have achieved in ministry, my wife has always been behind me. She has always been a source of strength and joy, encouraging me to move forward. But relationships that are unhealthy can have the opposite effect, sucking the life out of us, stealing our joy, filling us with discouragement, even in good times. So we want to talk today about healthy relationships, healthy relationships that were God's purpose from the beginning. At the beginning of time, when God looked at Adam, he's like, Adam has so much stuff, but he is still not happy. So God said in, in Genesis uh, 2 verse 18, it's not good for him to be alone. This dude is not joyful. So let's, let's give him one that is his equal, and God created Eve. And we read at the end of Genesis, or close to the end of Genesis 1 in, in verse 31, that after God created them, He looked at it 
out, out of everything he created. He looked at Adam and Eve. He looked at the relationship and he said, it is good. God is for healthy relationships. And throughout the Bible, we read about this. Paul, in the book of Philippians, also talks about this. Now, we're reading specifically from the book of Philippians because Paul is writing this from lockdown. He's under house arrest in Rome. And despite his difficult circumstances, he uses the word joy more than most other books of the Bible. So Paul actually specifically writes about, he gives us a summary about healthy relationships in Philippians 4 verse 1. And this is what he's saying. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. My joy and my crown, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for. He's like, you fill me with joy despite prison, despite the hardship I'm facing. I have joy because you are in my life. And he talks about this today. We're actually reading from chapter 2. He talks about this in chapter 2 as well. In chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, he says, Even if I have to die, I rejoice with you and you can still rejoice with me. He's like, even if everything, if my life ends, there's still joy to be found in my relationship with you and you can still find joy in the relationship you had with me. In At the end of chapter 2, he talks about, um, Epaphrodites that they sent to him to encourage him to fill him with joy and now he's saying I'm sending him back to you and guess how they should receive him in verse 29 he says receive him with joy and honor sadly although he talks about joy it wasn't always perfect just like our relationships aren't always perfect I don't know if you've read some of the stats but during lockdown um, in China, when they went into lockdown first, there was a huge spike in the divorce rate because people were locked with their spouses, locked up with their spouses. In South Africa, we've already read about calls to the police about domestic violence has spiked as well. And I'm like, why is it that the relationships that are supposed to fill us with joy can fill us with so much sadness? And the reason for this is simple. We read about it right at the beginning. Adam and Eve had a good, healthy relationship, but then they decided to rebel against God. And because of that rebellion that we also call sin, there was the, a brokenness came about not only in the relationship with God, but also in the relationship with each other. And Paul is going to give us a bit of advice. We are Still like Adam and Eve, we're still full of sin. We're not perfect. We are not always healthy people. And therefore, our relationships are not always healthy. But in Philippians 2, Paul wants to give us a bit of advice on what we can do to build healthier relationships in order to experience more joy. So if you've got your Bibles, please open to Philippians 2. Today we're reading from chapter 2. We've got a challenge to read the whole chapter during the week. So I want to encourage you, we're only reading five verses today. So this week, go and every morning read a little piece of Philippians 2, and I'm sure you will find it filled with joy. The whole chapter is basically about relationships. And so it, it's really a fun one. But I'm reading from the New Living Translation, um, verse 1 to 5. He says, 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy. Or the NIV, the New International Version would say, um, fill me with joy or let me rejoice. So it's the same word. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Being a person who's healthy in relationships is not always easy. In fact, I think often it feels like it's going against my grain. I want to be in a healthy and joyful relationship, but it's like I... There's so many stuff in my life working against it that it's almost like I keep messing it up. And Paul encourages them to build healthy relationships. But the question is, how do we do it? And he starts out with verse 1 explaining us how to get to that point. And he starts out with a question. Now, if you're a Christian, this question is directly for you. If you're not a Christian, there's a lesson in this. But he starts out and he says, He basically says, if God has changed, he says, have you found encouragement from God? Have you found comfort? Um, Do you have fellowship with the Spirit? It's like, if you have been changed by God, then live that out in other relationships. So what he's saying is healthy relationships with with people around me comes from a healthy relationship with God. God, the one is not possible without the other. If I do not have a healthy relationship, creation with creator, then the creation on the bottom line, the horizontal line, cannot have healthy relationships with each other. So he's saying is if you want to have healthy relationships, it starts with faith. My faith empowers me. Um, to live in healthy relationships. Faith is the fuel that, in, that, that propels us into healthy relationships. You see, we don't just fall accidentally into a healthy, life-giving, joyful relationship. It doesn't just happen on its own. Something is needed that's bigger than me, that's bigger than my own needs and my, my, the things going on in my life that propels me forward into healthy relationships. And Paul says it's faith. One of the easiest ways to learn a new skill is to see someone doing the thing you want to do. My dad always said, you steal with your eyes. We, my dad was also a pastor, but we both love to work with our hands. So he said, look at someone that can do something really well, steal it with your eyes, so learn by looking at what they're doing, and then you can go and do it. And that's the way most of us learn today. We watch someone doing something on YouTube and then we go and we replicate. We do it as well. And what Paul is saying is your faith is not only your fuel, but it also gives you a model of what healthy relationships look like. And that model that you can copy is Jesus himself. In verse 5, he says, you should have the same attitude that Jesus had. So he says, these are the things you should sort out by having the same attitude as Jesus. So he says, Jesus is your model. If you want to know how to live in a healthy relationship, you're not just going to do it on your own. You need to have Jesus in your life. You need to have faith in order for you to have a model to build healthy relationships.
although there were healthy relationships in the church in Philippi, although Paul says, you bring so much joy to me, he's saying like, my joy is not complete. There's still a couple of things that, that's not so perfect. And in verse 2, he says, if you can, if you can increase in some of the attitudes that Jesus had, you will increase my joy. I will have more and more joy despite prison, despite the stuff that's going on with my salary or my work or this lockdown. I can have more joy if in our relationships we can, we can model the attitudes of Jesus. And guys, this is not just for the church. This is for your family. I don't know what your family situation looks like at the moment. I don't know if it's tough. I don't know if it's a screaming contest. I don't know if everything is smooth sailing. But I want to walk out of lockdown with a healthier family relationship than I walked into lockdown. And just as he's giving advice to the church, the church is often compared to a family. So it's like the family is the small church, a small unit, and the church is the big unit. So these same things, although he's writing it to a church, is so important for us with relationships with your parents, with your children, with housemates, um, with, with the people you work with, even though you might just see them on Zoom, whoever that might be. And there's two things he says we need to get right. The first thing he talks about in verse 2, he says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. One. He's like That's the most important thing. Being like-minded, being one spirit, one in mind. What is he saying? He's saying unity is important because it protects against division. Why don't you jump on the comment line right now and just quickly type this in so the world can see this. Type in unity protects against division. Help me preach this, please. Unity protects against division. Because what causes heartache in relationships? Division. When we start moving apart, when we start having fights about simple things like what are we going to eat or how are we going to spend our money? When, when we have fights about our relationships with people outside of our marriage or whatever. When we don't have unity, when we're not heading in the same direction, we divide. And Jesus talked about this. In Matthew 25, verse 25, he told some religious leaders, he's like, a family, a house cannot survive if it's divided in itself, it will fall. He says, a, a city, the Cape Town Metro, Johannesburg Metro, whatever your city might be, will not survive if there's division. And he says, a kingdom, a country cannot survive. The, the enemy's number one plan is to destroy the joy that relationships bring by creating division. As family unit starts to tear apart because of division, so the very fibers that keeps our world together start to deteriorate. Division not only robs us of the joy that the relationship should bring, but it has the potential to, to rob you of your relationship. Don't let division steal unity. It's not always easy to have unity. And there's a couple of practical things I can tell you. I can tell you one, I think faith brings unity. Yes, and I'm talking a lot about it because I really believe it works. The Bible talks about when we don't share faith, when we are both not following Jesus, it's like, like an unequal yoke that we're pulling. So one is pulling harder, one is, is not really working with me. It's like we're pulling in two different directions. I have practically seen how faith 
in Jesus Christ is the ability to bridge any divide between husband and wife, between people of different social economical status, between people of different races. Faith helps us to head in the same direction together. But I can also tell you to, um, to have a plan. Have, create a plan for your family during lockdown. Where do you want to be? Have a plan for, for your family or for your marriage for the next year. Don't just, just go and hope that everything is going to work out. A company without a vision, without knowing where they, will, where they are heading, will fall apart. Same thing for a family. If you don't know where you're pulling towards, you will pull apart. Um, I can tell you to talk about things that, that creates division. So talk about the problems. Talk about the things that, that, that makes you want to defend yourself the whole time. But at the end of the day, although all of this will help, Paul says there's a deeper underlying issue that we need to fix. There's an attitude that we need to learn from Jesus. And without that attitude, this first one of unity is impossible. And he talks about this in verse 3 and 4. He says... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. That is a longer part, but basically it talks about two concepts. One good, one bad. He says selfishness, vanity, no, no. He says humility, valuing others, looking out for them. It's like, that's a yes. That's what is important. There is no way to have unity when we, have, when we do not have humility. Humility protects us against selfishness. Selfishness is the feed of division. A natural instinct, I think, as human beings is to be a little selfish, to do things for our own interest. To, to climb the corporate ladder, to have more power, to have more money, to impress other people so I can have a bigger following. We have fights in, 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 in relationships because I'm trying to protect my own interests even though I know I'm wrong. I will just continue to fight because I want to protect myself. I want to protect my interests. I don't want to admit that you are right. We hurt each other by belittling each other or embarrassing each other because it makes me feel better about myself when I'm putting you down. All of that comes from selfishness. And Paul is like, that will not lead to healthy relationships. He says, you need to have humility. But what is humility? And he uses the words, he says, it's to value others above yourself. That's like, whoa, dude. Like, I can't just randomly value people above myself. And then I will always play second fiddle. But there's another way to say this. And Rick Warren said it so beautifully. He said humility is not thinking less of yourself because God created you beautiful. God created you with purpose. You, you, are, you are the pinnacle of God's creation. But the person you're in a relationship with is the pinnacle of God's creation as well. So it's not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking that God made a mistake. But it is thinking of yourself less. So not always... Being the first thing in your own mind is yourself. C.S. Lewis said, 
And he wrote a lot about humility, but he said a humble person is someone who will show genuine interest in you. So their first interest is not themselves. They're not thinking about themselves the whole time. They have genuine interest in the life of someone else. We live in a world filled with selfies. We live in a world filled with people talking about themselves. And I have to guard my own heart against this because I'm a preacher. I like talking. And it's so hard to just talk about things that interest me. But I have seen this happen over and over when you have conversations with people. The only thing they can truly talk about is themselves. And sometimes I do it as well. And that is not humility. That is selfishness. Paul says that a humble person will look out for the interest of the other person. That he would value other people higher. That he would say like, how, how can I support you? It's not about benefiting myself first, but how can I support you? How can I benefit you? How can I watch out for you? Humility binds us together in mutual respect and appreciation. Chapter 2 is about relationships. And Paul says you can find joy in lockdown through your faith, but also through your relationships with other people. And this is the beauty of relationships. God is reminding us that when we are facing difficult situations, like everything that's going on with this pandemic, whether it's losing your job, whether it's taking a pay cut, whether it's just facing um, fear of the unknown, isolation, loneliness, whatever it might be. Paul is trying to remind us that we're not alone in this. God is saying, I made people so that you do not have to be alone in this. And maybe today you're on your own at home. Maybe you don't have family with you. Um, they might not be close. But I want to encourage you, whether you've got family with you or not, to connect with people you care about. Schedule a Zoom call, a Skype call, a WhatsApp call, a Hangouts call, a whatever it might be. But make time for the people you care, for your family, for your friends, for your church. Um, if you are with family, switch the TV off. Stop binging net, binge watching Netflix. Eat around a table. Share stories. Dream about the future. Um, just chat. Play a board game together. Do something this week. To remove the vision, to get unity and make an effort this week to talk about how we can be less selfish, just encouraging things that I think will benefit me and how we can live and serve each other in humility. Make time to spend healthy family, healthy, good relationship time together. Your relationships will grow stronger when we accept those characteristics of Jesus as our own, when we model them. Decide during this lockdown to build into healthy relationships rather than to allow the cracks in your relationships to grow wider. You're not alone. You can find joy through the relationships God has given you. Let's pray. God, thank you for the relationships you have given me in my life. We honor you for that. We know that, that your plan was for our relationships to be healthy and to bring so much joy to our life. But I know that often I'm in the way with my selfishness, with the division that I create because of it. And I pray today, God, that you would help me 
to think less of myself and to think about other people more. That I would that I would value them, that I would show a genuine interest in them, that I would help them. And that through that, that we would grow in unity, that we will be stronger together. Fill our lives with joy through our faith in you and through our relationships with others. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, before you tune out, um, I want to encourage you to, to, um, to connect with other people in our church. If you have not been able to connect, every Wednesday we meet in Zoom community groups. So if you send us a message, um, we will connect you to that group. And you can join us. We, we catch up. We just share a bit of, of stories. And we care for each other. If you need help, if you need prayer, please let us know you are not in this alone. We do these videos not because it's just our job, not just because we have to, but because that is what Jesus wants from us. We want to love you. We want to serve you just as you love and serve us. Also, please remember, we've got a COVID-19 um, relief fund for people who are struggling, people who have lost their jobs. So if you want to give, um, Shaul is going to give the details of that now. If you give to our church, you can use um, any reference, offerings, whatever. If you want to give to the relief fund, please change your reference to COVID relief. That way we know that the money you're giving is specifically for that purpose. So you've, you decide how God is laying this on your heart. But stay tuned, Charles is going to give you the details in a second.